very simple song, but very powerful. Every time I sing it, my eyes start sweating. That's what we have to have to go forward and to do what God's called us to do. We must have the anointing. And we must stir that up inside of us. And we must walk it out every day. Thank you, worship team. Before you're seated, I'd like for you to welcome someone with me. We are so privileged and honored, like extreme honor, to be able to have this incredible vessel of God here with us today. And, I mean, going all the way back through generations of this, this man's heritage, they have, they've, all the way back through the Secret Service, I mean, generations of his family going way back, they've served this nation in, in incredible ways. But this man has followed the call of God. And, and I want to tell you what a gem, an absolute gem of a man of God this is. Would you please welcome with me Dr. Frank Shelton. Oh, man, I, love you. I love you, buddy. You're my buddy. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Before we sit down, can we give the Lord Jesus Christ a loud Tennessee round of applause? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Congratulations to our graduates. Want to say how proud we are of them and to also um, parents, family, and friends. You can be seated. Um, I want to give thanks to Dean Carter. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for Vice President Katie Holmes, President Dr. Todd Holmes. I feel like I'm still in Washington, Mr. President, Madam Speaker. Um, valedictorian Wright, that was a right on time word, amen. Thank you for your ministry. And uh, I just bring greetings from my wife, Ruth. Dr. Graham had a Ruth, and uh, I have a Ruth, but today I am Ruthless, but my name is not Billy Graham. <laughs> but uh, I just publicly want to thank your leadership. Thank you uh, for your friendship, your faithfulness. And uh, it was nine years ago, Bob DeAndres from CTN invited me. I just preached a tent revival in Alabama, and um, we put up a 2,000-seat tent. And some local pastors said, do we put out 300 or 400 chairs and a 2,000-seat tent? And I said, you either need to shrink that tent or grow your faith in the next 24 hours. Well, the Lord, we ran 1,900 seven nights in a row. The, the backside to that was there was only a town of 6,000, so a third of the town was underneath the tent. 405 got saved that week. And um, Bob DeAndres from CTN had invited me to come back on his worldwide program and I called Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and I said, Pastor, um, we met at Constitution Hall in D.C. Don't you have a church in Tampa? And he said, I do. And I, I said, well, it's Wednesday. Um, I said, are you having church tonight? He goes, I am. And I said, well, I'd like to come worship with you. He goes, you're in town? And I said, yes. He goes, well, I don't want you to come worship with me. I'm thinking, Lord, he doesn't even want me in the vicinity. <laughs> he said, Frank, if you're in town, I don't want you to just sit in the crowd. I want you to preach for me tonight. 
And, and, and Dr. Todd and I connected. He hosted that night. I preached. And um, I tell you, Pastor Rodney and Adonica and the homes are some of the finest people in the world. So can we give them one more round of applause? I love you. Um, I was going to do three things with my life. I was going to go into politics, preach, or protect the president. And I was blessed to pursue all three by my 35th birthday. I flew into Atlanta yesterday to get here, and my favorite television show back in the day was Cops. What Pastor was alluding to, we are now five consecutive generation D.C. law enforcement. We go all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. And my family has now protected the last 26 of 29 U.S. presidents. Um, my dad graduated from the FBI. That's a whole other sermon. But I used to love watching cops. See, thieves think about a way in, but they don't think about a way out. The scariest verse in the Bible, other than depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity, I never you, knew you. I think the scariest verse is be sure your sin will find you out. <laughs> and uh, there was this one guy, he went in, thought it was the perfect crime. That's an oxymoron. There's nothing perfect about a crime. He studied and surveyed and stared at the senior citizen schedule for two weeks, thought it'd be the easy hit once you go to the hair salon, the grocery store, and he thought she left. Well, he went in and he stole $400 cash in her most prized possession, her wedding band of 50 years. He's so arrogant, he's stealing chocolate chip cookies. And he's actually sitting down thinking he owns the place. I don't advocate stealing, but I ain't sticking around for lunch. <laughs> Unbeknownst to him, she had come back through the basement, forgot something, she was in the house. And she was told as a little girl, if you ever get in trouble, say the name Jesus because there's power in the name or quote a Bible verse. And she came up behind him and screamed, Acts 2.38, repent on the name of the Lord Jesus and thou be saved. It scared the man so much, he stuck his hand straight up like Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show with his head wiggling. <laughs> she had an old school phone that was a rotary phone. You put the finger in it and dialed 911. 12 minutes later, he's still scared out of his mind. His eyes are bigger than offering plates. And 12 cop cars from Gwinnett County, Georgia, surrounded the woman's house, kicked the door down, nine millimeters with an infrared beam on the forehead, and his still hands straight up in the air. And the lieutenant on the department was laughing. He said, dude, I've been on the beat 32 years this week. I've seen some stuff. I've never seen this. i got to ask you a question. You had one lady quote one Bible verse. You had 15 minutes to run. Why are you still in the house? He said, all I heard is say she had an ax in 238s and I was going nowhere. <laughs> and guys, I want to start my commencement address to remind you there is power, power, wonder-working power, not only in the blood of the Lamb, but in the Word of God. And the Word of God, I was a guest on Sean Hannity and Fox News, and I was asked one time, one of my other visits on Fox, and I was debating there was a rabbi and another pastor, and they asked both of these individuals about a timely situation in society, and they said, well, what do you think? And they both said, well, let me tell you what I think. But when it got to me, I said, respectfully, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. We need to get back to thus saith the Lord. Amen? I'm telling you, prayer and preaching God's Word will make your ministry more powerful than the Pentagon. But the moment that you get weak on the Word is the moment that you lack power in the world. Make much of Jesus because he's already made much of you. You lose authority when you stay away 
from the scriptures. I want to encourage you, there's power in prayer and preaching, and you want to make history? You make history every time you share his story. You make history when you share his story. But just like Superman, it's not a popular subject, but sin is still our kryptonite. Private sin will always bring down a public ministry. You know, integrity is considered boring, sadly. I shared with Pastor Todd yesterday at their beautiful house. What surprises me more than ever today is just character and consistency seems to be lacking. And who would think, and I'm talking in the ministry, and you know, integrity is boring until the nanosecond you've lost it. See, sin will fascinate and then it will assassinate. And my mentor said, quote, if you don't kill the flesh, your flesh will kill you. I want to share with you about Paul and Demas. Nine verses in 2 Timothy chapter 4 talk about Paul and Timothy starting strong, serving the Savior even in the storm. Just what the Dean Apley said, it's one thing to start strong, the goal is we need to finish strong. We need to not only pray and preach, we need to persevere. And the interesting thing, Paul and Timothy, there's 10 verses, nine verses go to God bragging on Paul and Timothy. But then Demas got half a verse. See, Paul and Timothy started and finished, but Demas started and fizzled. See, Paul started out for the Lord, but at the end, Demas finished for the world. Paul started out by faith, but when it was all over, Demas died in the flesh. Both start out serving the Son, but Demas died in sin. Paul loved the Word, but when it was all over, Demas loved the world. See, Paul was faithful to God, nine verses. Demas became a footnote to God. He departed me because he loved this present world. I checked today to verify Bobby Leach in 1911 was the first man to ever survive the mighty Niagara Falls going over in a barrel. The irony is he survived Niagara, but he died shortly after by slipping on an orange peel in his kitchen, and he died. And the irony is not to make light of that situation. Satan often comes after us after a mighty victory in ministry. See, he allowed him to face and conquer Niagara, but he actually died in the privacy of his kitchen. Satan will allow you to shine in public, but he's dying to take you out in private. And see, a lot of people want to chase platforms, but we need to chase his presence more. You know, platforms are for entertainers, but true ministry 
is not just titles, it's more about towels. I was told if you're too big to serve off the platform, you're too small to shine on a platform. What's worked for me is I am 51 years old and it's 25 years this year I got ordained. I have been ordained for almost half my life, but I've been preaching for over three quarters of my life. And whether it was working at the White House or the U.S. Capitol, I was on staff for five years with Dr. Billy Graham. Um, what has worked for me, and I pray it will bless you, twice a year I go to two places all alone. I go to the cemetery and I go to the junkyard. The cemetery reminds me that life is short and time is ticking and that I could very well be next. The Bible tells us not to waste the time, it calls us to redeem the time. And the reason I go all along to the junkyard is because today's treasure is tomorrow's trash. And it's not wrong to have nice things. Billy Graham said it's wrong when nice things have you. But graduates, I want to encourage you to chase the eternal, not the temporal. Next month, I'm going to fly, Lord willing, if he tarries to Paris, and this will be my fourth Olympics as a chaplain to some of the greatest athletes in the world. At the Rio Games in 2016, in two weeks, we led 1,054 people to Christ, including Olympians, gold medalists, and three Uber drivers. Praise the Lord. <laughs> But I tell the Olympians, gold is temporal, God is eternal. And I've learned a few things over the way, and I'd like to share just a few nuggets. And I have 12 more minutes, so if I can quote what Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband, I love you, but I won't keep you long. Amen. <laughs> I may not be invited back, but that was good preaching. Amen. <laughs> Number one, don't be so professional in the ministry that you lose the personal touch. At the end of the day, we are in the people's business, and we still must love God and love others. Number two, don't chase charisma at the expense of character. If you got Christ, charisma comes automatically. But if you chase charisma without Christ, you just have a crisis coming. Elvis Presley said it best. They said, well, you have charisma. And he said on a national press conference, he said, quote, charisma just means Christ in me. Your relationship with God is better than your resume. Stay right with God and he will put you in places that your credentials never could take you. The word of the day is, when you are anointed by God, you don't have to be endorsed by man. If God be for you, who can be against you? Three times I preached to 120,000 at Nelson Mandela Soccer Stadium in Uganda. The loudest crowd, I was scheduled to preach, but COVID threw a curve. I was invited to preach to 700,000. And communist Nicaragua at the invite of communist president Daniel Ortega's wife 
invited me to preach to 700,000. And the irony is, I got a D in public speaking. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Michael Jordan got cut from his freshman varsity and he turned out okay. But despite the crowds, I want you to learn graduates of the great Smoky Mountain Bible College in Johnson City, Tennessee, that one is still a big number. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for lost people. Billy Graham was asked if he could do it all over again, what would you do differently? And with tears, he said, quote, I would have preached less and I would have prayed more. See, you can fool people in the pulpit, but you fool nobody in the prayer closet. And I'm telling you, until you get alone with God, you'll never be a microphone for God. Amen. Amen. You can steal a sermon, but you cannot steal the anointing. I met Adrian Rogers' wife. He preached, pastored the great Bellevue Baptist in Memphis of this great state. And he, his wife told me, Frank, my husband used to say that if there was something from a sermon of his that resonated with you, feel free to shoot it. And then she said with a smile, but my husband always said you could use his bullet, but you still needed your own gunpowder. And basically what she was saying is we still need to get alone with the Lord to get a fresh word from him. I love that song about fresh oil. The greats are gracious. Winners are wonderful, but it's the wannabes you have to watch out for. <laughs> Number nine, be humble. The road of pride is packed on the interstate. Humility is the expressway to promotion. Pride goes before the fall. Stay low as you lift up Christ, because I've learned if you promote God, God will promote you. Number 10, speak well of others. A compliment still goes a long way even today. We are never more like God when we're giving and forgiving. And notice the word giving is in both words. Number 12, money is like manure. It stinks until you learn to spread it around. <laughs> God's kids, particularly in the ministry, should be giving if God had a middle name, I believe it's generosity. And Pastor Rodney and Adonica and Pastor Todd and Coney, Katie do it as good as anybody. 13, if you're too big to serve off a platform, then you're too small to speak or sing on one. 14, helped me a long time ago, see others as colleagues, not competition. 15, the doors you open for others, God will open for you. Walk slow among the people because you're not much of a shepherd if they can't smell sheep on your clothing. I know people who love to preach but sadly don't even love the people to whom they preach. I won't name names, but I've met pastors who actually think they're too good to shake hands with people as they leave the door. I've learned we either pray on people, P-R-A-Y, or we pray on people, P-R-E-Y, and we should never use people to try to enhance our ministry. It's said in 1950, America 
loved people and used things. In 2023, it could be said that America loves things and uses people, not in the ministry. Number 18, do the little things big. Nothing is small in God's service. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. A megachurch pastor one time wanted to meet with me and he's like, man, how are you doing it? And I said, it's just the Lord. He's like, so like, what's your method? It's like the Bible. It's like, what's your message? It's just Jesus. He's like, no, for real, what is it? I said, it's the same old thing. And I told him in love, I said, sir, I said, in love, I said, you may outfinance me, but you won't outfaith me because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I started with Jesus and he's all I got. And I'm telling you, the moment we think Jesus is not enough, we're in trouble. And I also want to encourage you, I'd rather be a used car salesman than a preacher that doesn't give an altar call. Because at least a used car salesman will have the guts to ask for the sale before you leave the lot. And I would encourage, whether you're teaching Sunday school or preaching to a stadium, never fail to give an invitation. Because people get saved every time you preach the word. Give the Lord a round of applause. Amen. Now, this is important, and my wife loves this one, but number 20, this is the year 2023, so I was going to give you 23 things that I found along the way. But number 20, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is love your spouse and wash the dishes. <laughs> Don't busy, be so busy saving the world that you actually lose your family in the process. 21, I've now, by God's grace, been in the room with eight U.S. presidents. But my mom told me a long time ago, Frankie, don't forget to shake the janitor's hand or the butler before leaving every room because in God's economy, they're not only just as important in heaven's eyes, they may be more important because many who are first will be last many who are last will be first this is a bonus you cannot honor god above and tear down a man of god below never use this pulpit to preach gossip preach his gospel and you don't build a ministry by tearing someone down. We preach the gospel by lifting Jesus up. Yeah. Don't just preach grace, give it to. And I just want to share a few thoughts with the moments remaining. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. I learned in Bible college, when you see the word therefore, you got to see what it's there for. Look to your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not will be likened unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Say rock. rock. Number 25, The rain descended, the floods came, winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Newsflash, Dwayne Johnson is not the rock. <laughs> We're talking Jesus. 
And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat upon that house. And how great was the fall of it. I was told the day I got saved in 1979, if you serve Jesus, you'll have no problems. Regardless of your translation, verse 25 and 27 is identical. Whether you build your life on the rock or on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, the storms of life are going to come. But if God be for you, who can be against you? And I want to give you three quick things. In your ministry, you need to stand on the rock. And I've been told ladies say that a diamond is a woman's best friend. But ma'am, if that's the case, you're in love with the wrong rock because Jesus is the rock. And Schwarzenegger was not the first to say, I'll be Bach. It was Jesus. <laughs> stand on the rock because that's the foundation. Are you with me? Point number two, we need to stand on the rock because that's the focal point. The first words of Jesus, he's 12 years old. He is a kid, but he's already the king. He's not even a teen, but he's already the triune God. And you remember Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin? Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 48 tells us the first words of Jesus in all the Bible. They've been to a revival. It was a mountaintop experience, like the Smoky Mountains. And they had been in God's house. And the power moved. And this is an amazing moment. But this is a transition. This is not the end. And they left the revival and they got so excited about the ministry that they left someone behind. The first movie, Home Alone, they fly 30,000 feet in the air. And Kevin's mother's nervous in first class. Everyone's in coach and she starts sweating bullets like Niagara Falls. I think I forgot something. And then the husband is like, ah, I think we're good. She goes, that's it. We forgot to give the key to the Thompsons. He said, baby, I know you were busy, but I gave the key to the Thompsons. We're good. That's it. I forgot to shut the garage door. You forgot. I did. She goes, that's it. We forgot to unplug the Mr. Coffee Pot. Honey, we're good. And all of a sudden she goes, Kevin, you remember that? <laughs> 33,000 feet, Mother Mary and Joseph. That story was not written by Hollywood, it was written by heaven. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 48, the Bible says when they had been there a while, they went a day and a half's journey, and they're going down the road. And Mary looks at Joseph and says, where's Jesus? And he said, he's with you. And I say this in love in the house of God. Mary was the first to ever use the Lord's name in vain. She said, Jesus, are you with me? <laughs> a day and a half one way, a day and a half back, three days, 72 hours, and they lost the Savior still in the sanctuary. How did they lose Jesus? It is laughing matter today, but in ministry it happens sadly almost every day. Because we got so professional, we not only lose the personal touch, I've seen people do ministry and left the Messiah back a long time ago. We went from evangelism to entertainment. And we got smoke and mirrors and left the light of the world back in the last street. And because we don't got God, they need games and gimmicks. And wonder why there's no anointing when they preach. When there's no, no discernment in the late hour of the day. But I'm telling you, when you get God, you can't lose. You do ministry without him, you can't win. So they're standing on the rock because that's the foundation Stare at the rock because that's the focal point. And what the Secret Service taught us a long time ago, if they're not jogging next to limousines, 
they would stare at counterfeit currency, and what they would do, seven hours of an eight-hour shift, a special agent would stare all day at the genuine article. And it was only then when a counterfeit came across an agent's desk, they immediately spotted the fake because it had been staring all day at the genuine article. Do you know why during the pandemic, when a lot of pastors had no clue, had no discernment, because we're preaching Reader's Digest, we're preaching Time Magazine, we're preaching Sports Illustrated, we're not even in the book, and you're downloading other people's sermons. No wonder there's no anointing on them when they preach. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. And that's the Lord. So we need to stand on the rock foundation, stare at the rock, which is the focal point. And the last point is share the rock, because that's the follow-through. I played a little bit of ball, of basketball. This is for somebody. I'm 6'1". <laughs> Used to play every day in third grade. True story, third grade, I scored two points the last game of the year. You can laugh. <laughs> I scored two points for the whole season. That's pretty bad. Fourth grade, I scored four points. One in the middle of the season, one the last game. But hey, I doubled in the world of Jeff Stravers and we're moving on up, amen. <laughs> Fifth grade, I'm playing ball in rain, sleet, or snow. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, by God's glory, first night, I scored 25 points of our 48, led the league in scoring, and you know what's interesting is when I played high school ball, in one year I was on three teams, and I learned, if you sat on the coach, Pastor Todd, there's the bench, it's much better to be in the game, but you do learn something on the sidelines. But what happened was a lot of my teammates were so bitter that they weren't in the game. They were rolling their eyes, cursing under the breath. Two guys quit. But until you can compliment others in their season, you're not going to be no good, and your season may never come. Yeah. Until you can compliment what God is doing with someone else, you're not ready. And I'd be the first to clap, but what happened was I slowly slide down on the bench when they resume playing. Then I'd slide a little bit closer at timeout. And one time, my white leg leaned up against my African-American's coach. He said, Shelton, you're driving me crazy. Get in the game. I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I've learned if you stay close enough to the coach, he'll put you in the game. <laughs> and if you stay close and you stay clean, he's going to use you. One night, I dropped 31. That ain't bad for a white dude. Can I get it? Amen. <laughs> But the follow-through was when you took a jumper, the fingers would snap and point to the rim. The follow-through was like an infrared beam where the bullet's going. When you take a jumper, the follow-through, the ball was pointing to the rim. But the follow-through for Christians, we need to be pointing people to him. Amen. See, we need to point people. Do you know 9,000 churches last year preached 52 weeks and not one person was born again? 9,000 churches in America preached 52 weeks and didn't baptize one person. In some circles, they don't even live up to John the Baptist's name, much less Jesus the Christ's name. With four minutes left, I just want to share this thought. 
something that kept me in the game is it will get tough. You'll have some mountaintop experiences and you'll have some mishaps. But I've learned more in my adversities than playing on the varsity. And I've learned that a valley is really just an upside down mountain. And I've learned life is like a rubber band and there was a time I thought, my God, if you pull me another inch, I'm gonna snap. The beautiful thing, we weren't snapping, he was shaping me to look like Jesus. And with the rubber band, the resistance today will determine the distance you'll go for his glory. And for 20 plus years, there was a summer obstacle course, bam, where the gun would go off and they had oak trees every 15 feet and there would be ropes strategically placed up a hill and the kids would run like Ferraris to go to the top of the mountain. But there were people on the sides, slow down. You're going too fast. You're making us look bad. We used to do that. Quick, quick, quick. And true story for 24 summer seasons, not one kid ever finished the race he started. And one year, the gun goes off and they ran as fast as they could. And I wish to God I could tell you every place would be like this and everybody would be for you. I had Elvis Presley's stepbrother in my car one time said, he said, Frank, most people want you to do good. They just don't want you to do real good. And they were screaming, quit, slow down. You're making us look bad. Hit the brakes, quit. And one by one, they stopped. But one year, this one kid ran faster. They screamed louder, faster, louder, faster, louder. And when the smoke cleared and the dust settled, unbeknownst what made the kid difference, first one in 25 years to finish, the difference was no one knew it. The boy was born deaf. And you're going to have to turn a deaf ear to your critics. Because you soon you're not going to stand before critics. You're going to stand before Christ. The Bible says you were running well. Who hindered you? And guys, I'm just saying this in love. Years ago, when I got first called to preach, I had pastors in my corner, and all my lost friends would tease me. You're joining a cult. You're religious. You're holier than thou. We can't hang out with you anymore. The roles have flipped. It almost seems like other than some champions and generals in God's army, I got lost people on Facebook who email me every morning. Frank, I'm not in church yet. I see what you're doing. I've known you since sixth grade. I couldn't be more proud of you. I'm not there yet, but I'm watching what you're doing, and I'm cheering you on. I got pastors in my hometown who would care less if I died yesterday. Because I'm telling you, when you're serving the Lord and give all you've got, some people think you're crazy. Pastor Katie said something profound. See, I used to think you weren't being used by God till lost people think you're nuts. No, you're not being used by God till Christians think you're nuts. But see, when you go out on a limb, you'll find the Lord. And at the end of every branch is the fruit, and that's how he'll know you by your fruit. Stand on the rock, stare at the rock, and lastly, share the rock, and I'm done. I genuinely wanted to protect the president. My dad protected eight U.S. presidents. Out of 3,000 of the U.S. Capitol Police, my dad was number two. He was the assistant chief of America's police department. He was in charge of the entire inauguration. But when he retired, they said, Chief Shelton, out of all the people you've met, prime ministers, pro players, presidents, who's the most influential man you met? My dad said the two times I met Dr. Billy Graham at the Capitol. Presidents came and go, but God's man was used around the world. My ancestor was on duty at Ford's Theater the night Lincoln was shot. He was two doors down, and the actor, John Wilkes Booth, had shot Lincoln, was the Brad Pitt of his day. That's why no one expected 
the star to slain the commander-in-chief. Lincoln had just hired an African-American, not as a slave, but as a respected White House employee. And the man in black, and I'm done, I'm not talking Johnny Cash, I'm talking Abraham Lincoln. Six foot four, all in black, beard, stovetop hat. And by the way, at his first inaugural, Mrs. Lincoln gave Abe a pocket watch, and he said, honey, thank you, but what's this for? And he said, quote, don't waste the time you have to do some good. They said that with Shelton over Lincoln's shoulder, when they walked past the African-American, every time he saw him, he tipped his hat with a wink, said, see you later. True story, the night that Lincoln walked to Ford's Theater and got on the carriage, he walked past the African-American, he tipped his hat, and he said goodbye. The greats know what time it is. And the greats know when their time is up. And when he was shot, the pocket watch was still found in his suit. And it was a Shelton and three men who carried Lincoln across the street the night he died. Lincoln died on Good Friday. The Lord died on Good Friday. Lincoln freed the slaves, the Lord freed us enslaved to sin. Lincoln represented the government, but the Lord is Almighty God. Lincoln is one thing, but the Lord was everything. When my ancestor carried Lincoln, he basically was a pallbearer, and he carried to the closest to the king of a nation America will ever have. Because George Washington, who could have been king, said it best, there'll be no king but King Jesus. I saw Elvis Presley in concert twice in 1977 at age five. I was eight feet from Elvis Presley and he was grabbing me 13 concerts before he died. And he was getting to pick me up on stage. I had a little Elvis jumpsuit on at five. I would have brought that place down in front of 17,000. He grabbed the kid next to me who I didn't even know found out it was Abe Poland's grandson who owned the Washington Bullets, the Washington Capitals, owned the Cap Center. But when you own the joint, you pick up that kid. He didn't even know Elvis. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but here's the catch. My dad's roommate at the FBI then for seven years was a bodyguard to Elvis Presley. Elvis gave him a Cadillac, guns, and jewelry. And when he died, Vernon Presley asked my dad's roommate and my longtime family friend since 78. He was a pallbearer at Elvis Presley's funeral. Ten years ago at the Staples Center, the Jackson Four carried a 24 karat gold casket with one white glove each. And at that moment, they didn't carry Lincoln, the king of a nation. They didn't carry Elvis, the king of rock and roll. Disc jockeys tell me the band of brothers carried the king of pop. I'm done, graduates. The reason I love Joseph of Arimathea, my favorite person in all the Bible, except for Jesus. Never love a man of God more than God himself. Joseph of Arimathea is mentioned in all four Gospels. 
The Bible says he was rich, not only financially, but in faith. And Pontius Pilate, at that day, most men were missing in action. And it was women who were weeping and worshiping. And the men were so scaredy cats, they were hiding, thinking, if Pilate is in a bad mood, they may throw me up on the cross for identifying with Jesus. Will the real man stand up? Because most of us have been sitting out. And Joseph Arimathea, a brother from another mother, came up boldly to Pontius Pilate and begged for the body of his Lord. And the borrowed tomb of Jesus was Joseph Arimathea's. I've been to the tomb in Jerusalem, and it's the only tourist attraction in the world where folks come from miles around, stand in line, and look at absolutely nothing. Because we don't serve a dead God. We serve the living Lord. And here's what I want you to see. God used a virgin womb with Mary and a virgin tomb of Joseph Arimathea to make room for the gospel. And just like he used Mary and Joseph and Dr. Graham and the Rodney Howard Browns and the Dr. Holmes, he's not only dying to save us, he's already dying to use us. And when my ancestor carried Lincoln, he carried the king of a nation. When my dad's friend carried Elvis, he carried the king of rock and roll. When the Jacksons carried MJ, not Jordan, Jackson, they carried the king of pop. But this inaugural class, never forget, you don't carry the king of a nation. You don't carry the king of rock and roll. You don't carry the king of pop. You carry the king of all kings. Represent him well. Congratulations today. And I can't wait till we hear. Well done. Can we give the graduates and God a round of applause? Amen. You're awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.